Good morning. <laughs> there you are. I want to welcome you to Parking Lot Church. And we abandoned the shady side because there's no shade over there anymore anyway. And so we're back on this side. It was too good of a day to turn away. So we're glad to have you here with us, following on your car radios. The temperature's dropping a little bit, but we're going to make it. We're going to be fine. So uh, keep those things in your mind. We're happy to be here with you. And we're glad that you came to share the service with us here today. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear kind Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love of God that's been good to us, has opened up our hearts that we might desire the things that you have for us. We're glad that we can come and gather in whatever way is necessary so that we can hear about you, know you better. So bless us, Lord, as we gather here. We thank you for these people that are here. Wherever they might be, we ask that you will meet the need of every heart that's gathered here today as only you know how. Fill us up with your spirit, we ask, and may we know the fullness of God in all that we do. We ask your blessing on this service now, and be with those who are listening here and other places and even far away, that they may feel your presence in their lives. Help us, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. We didn't have a bench for the piano player. We forget some things, and so uh, we got one coming. That guy needs to sit down. <laughs> Let's all begin on the back of your bulletin or page 509 if you have a hymn book out there. Back of your bulletin. If you're in a place you can stand, that's fine. If not, uh, join along with us. There is power in the blood. 509. From your burden of sin, there's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you are evil of victory win? There's a wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Whiter, much whiter than snow. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life giving flow. There's a wonderful power in his blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Jesus, your King, has power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily his praises to sing? There's a wonderful power in his blood. There is power, power, wonder-wrecking power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-wrecking power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. 
Somebody said amen. <laughs> We've got a couple of uh, birthdays here. i got to get myself the right paper. you got to watch for the wind and stuff out here so stuff doesn't blow away. <laughs> Sally Pask has a birthday. Let's give her a hand. <laughs> Theron Kellenbeck's birthday. Uh, Daniel Scott has a birthday. Bonnie Doverstein's birthday this week. Karen Schultz has a birthday. And Fern Hickman has a birthday. Charlie Silvernail's got a birthday. James Anderson has a birthday. And the list writer herself, Paula Ike's got a birthday this week. <laughs> Give her a hand, too. <laughs> Let's sing happy birthday to that whole crew. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to all of you. Happy birthday to of anniversaries and when I mean a list it's a list so I'll go down here John and Susan Fuller they've got question mark years we don't know how many uh, Delbert and Linda Jackson have 45 years Man, folks. Dave and Sheila Nixon have 13 years Brad and Sally Pask have 40 years Man, folks. Curtis and Katie Weaver have two years. Jeff and Jamie Wagner have 42 years. <laughs> uh, Chuck and Margaret Swan have 39 years. You thought I was kidding. There's a lot of years. Uh, Malin and Nancy Miller have 43 years, folks. So that all together is 224 years. Now that's a long time to be married. <laughs> Let's sing happy anniversary to all of those people. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to all of you. Happy anniversary to you. Let's sing another song together. Standing on the promises and stand together wherever you are. Uh, page 329 in your hymn book. If you have a hymn book out there somewhere. 329, standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout. I'm standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises that cannot fail When the howling storms of doubt and fear are 
by the living word of God I shall prevail. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all. I'm standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. That's what we're doing here, folks. Everybody said amen for sure. We got a couple of uh, weigh-ins here we're going to do right now while we're thinking of it. Here's the second one that came in from Phoebe Allen. Which is a 22-pound pumpkin. It's a good one. It's a good one. Here's one. That's 31 pounds and 3 ounces <laughs> from Adam and Rachel. Adam and Rachel. That may be a leader in that contest. So, good job. Thank you. And, uh, I think it's about time we called an end to the contest. Uh, so I'm going to say next week, even though it doesn't seem to be any killing frost around, we'll give it one more week, and you can, you people who are sandbagging can bring in your stuff next week. And uh, we'll have one last weigh-in, and then we'll call all the, the prizes the week after. So those things are uh, coming to an end. Through the week, we have a regular schedule of events, Tuesdays, Bible study, for all that, no, it's not. It's not a regular schedule of events. If I pay attention here, Tuesday is the costume carnival here at the church as the kids come and have a little carnival. And we look forward to that. It's a lot of fun. So Tuesday, instead of Bible study, is a costume carnival for the kids. Wednesday's prayer night. And Friday night is family night. And we have, make sure you come in, uh, there's all kinds of things to do on Friday night. It's the spooktacular, I guess they labeled it. Uh, so come on out with the kids. We are starting a half an hour early just to try and get a tiny bit of the tail end of the, the daylight in there. 6.30 on Friday night. So 6.30, they'll be trick-or-treating in West Jackson Corners and doing various things around about. And uh, so we're looking forward to a fun Friday. And then Saturday morning is the last Saturday of the month as we have our regular uh, prayer breakfast at 7 a.m. Take the toothpicks in your eyes and get a cup of coffee and come out. We'll be praying for our own folks and we'll be praying for our country especially on this Saturday morning at 7. So those are the things that are coming up through the week. Uh, we have some things that reminding you of uh, coming up in the second or third week of November is the beginning of the food drive as we start again. We think it's a good thing for this year.
especially to bring some food to folks that need it. And so we will be continuing that thing as part of what we do. And that's a reminder of things that's coming up. We also have a new church address directory. It's a birthday and anniversary list and so forth. It's being updated and, and caught up. And if you have any questions or you need to add a new phone number or whatever, or a new birthday, whatever it is you got out there, <clears throat> you can call Elaine Renoff or Missy Maurer or Paul Ike with the changes and anything you need to correct, you can let them know. And you can contact Paul Ike on Facebook too, so you can do that. And then we'll be having our list finalized and ready for snow time as we have that's one of the reasons we do the list so that if it does snow wildly uh, we will know how to get a hold of you when that time comes so we hope that's not for a long time but <laughs> <laughs> you know how the things go so <clears throat> we'll keep that in your mind too all right um we a few folks we want to remember to pray for we want to remember the families of people that have lost loved ones, the Barton family and the Maxim family, people that have lost ones that are dear to them, and uh, keep those folks in your mind as they go through this time now of change, and getting used to things, and keep Sandy Young in your prayer. As far as we know, she is still in the hospital. We do not have any updates on her condition, but we know that it was very serious, so we want to keep her in your prayers and certainly we need to pray for our own country at this time of the year especially as the elections are coming we have to remember and folks keep in your mind who it is that closed our churches and remember that uh, we don't want those people in charge and so let's remember those things yeah yeah we we have an election that we can uh, use our voice. You say our voice isn't much, but together uh, we can accomplish something. That's the way this country was made, so that people could have choices. And that's our way to express ourselves. And so we want to remember those things that our country, uh, will. God will help to guide our country. And we'll put in the people that we need to have in to help us and not to hinder us in our course. All right, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear kind Heavenly Father, we're glad that we can talk to you. We're glad that you're so good to us and that you can always help us. And we need your help, that's for sure. So we come asking for it today. For those folks who have lost their loved ones, we pray for them, Lord, that you will bless them and help them through, Lord. And may they find comfort in knowing that their loved ones are up in heaven and they're rejoicing up there, and we look forward to a day when we can be reunited with them. So help those families through the changes and the times that are ahead, Lord. Be with Sandy Young. We know she's in that battle with cancer, and that's a hard battle to fight. We ask that you'll help her through, and bless her, take care of her at this time. And for all of our folks that are in those kind of struggles and those kind of difficulties, we ask your help and your blessing on those people, and watch over them. And we pray for our country, as it seems to be torn apart and confused. We ask for guidance and help that you will bring to power those that need to be in power, Lord. We trust in you, 
We know that behind all things there stands God watching over us and doing what's best. And so we ask that you will show yourself strong on our behalf. We look to you to guide us and to help us because we are against powers that are great and angry and that are full of hatred. And so we ask that you will watch over and step in and bring through the, the desired end. We ask for help for this country and help for us that we may be able to do the things that we need to do. So bless us, Lord. Show us what you can do in these next couple weeks. And lead us towards a better place, Lord. Now be with us in our service as we sing and talk and pray together. We thank you that we trust in you and that we can help and find great help in time of need. So we look to you and ask for your blessing on each one that's gathered here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing another song, The Old Rugged Cross. On the back of your bulletin or page 192 in your hymn books, out there, the old rugged cross.
So, every time my family and I go on a vacation, if we're somewhere near the shore, we like to look at or sometimes climb up inside the lighthouses that are around, and every one of them is unique. And they all, of course, have the purpose of showing the edge of that ocean. They show where the edge of the ocean is, and they are there to protect those out on the sea that can't see at night or sometimes during storms they're there but sometimes if you've noticed the lighthouses aren't very close together and sometimes there are dangerous spots along the way and there was a time back where before electric lights where people in the little ports and towns along the coastlines put in their own lights they burned lights and they called them the lower lights they were uh, lights that would help people get into the harbors and get safely into spots and and uh, during dark nights and stormy times they would keep people safe along that edge and bring them home especially people who were lost and didn't know where they were going or didn't know where the edge of the shore was so we've been out here for oh, almost eight months I guess now and that is because God has told us to light our light and to keep our light burning, those lower lights. Now, God is that great lighthouse out there, but he's said, you and your communities, you keep those little lights burning all along the shoreline so that those who are lost and those who are in the darkness can come and find their way safely home. We're going to do a little song today called Let the Lower Lights Be Burning, just about those lights and bringing home those lost folks. Struggling seamen, 
Thank you to Levi. We're glad to be reminded that we have a purpose, a reason for what we do. And others may not see that reason, but we see it, we recognize it, and we hold to it. We are here to be a light to the people out there that need it. Occasionally there come some unusual opportunities. And with the memorial service we had for Bill Barton was a tremendous amount of opportunity. Came opportunities that I never dreamed of, of talking about what it is and why we do what we do. And so thank God for those opportunities that come. Let's bow our heads in a little prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you, thankful that we can gather here today. We appreciate the goodness of God that's around us. And Lord, we are thankful for the opportunities that you give us. And now, as we open your word again, I ask that you will come and help our minds to grasp and understand. Teach us what you want us to know. And open up our hearts to receive it, that we might do the very best things that we can do for you. So bless this service we ask in a special way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text is in Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4 for our text today. We continue our studies from the book of Philippians. It was many, many years ago now that I played a saxophone in a jazz rock band at Genesee Community College. And the conductor was a jazz musician. He had a sort of bit of a fame about him. He had written music for the Johnny Carson show. Well, one day he told me that another sax player was going to come and join the band. And that this sax player was coming from Attica Prison on a release program. And that's all he said. And so a fellow walked into our rehearsal, took out his saxophone, and sat down next to me in the next chair. But when he started to play, I could immediately tell that he was no ordinary saxophone player. So after rehearsal, I asked him, I said, obviously, you've done a lot of playing. So where are you from? And he replied, during the 1960s, he was the solo sax player for the James Brown Band. And he toured the country with James Brown. Now, in case some of you don't know who James Brown is, <laughs> he's a singer and a dancer who was famous for songs like, I feel good, I know that I would. <laughs> that was James Brown. He was always at the top of the charts in the 1950s and 60s and even in the 70s. And so now James Brown's solo sax player was sitting next to me in the band. Now back then, one of the things we were all doing was called improvisation. That's a special style of music and the conductor wrote music called backups band would play in backup music and somebody would make a melody right in their head or improvise and play a song that fit with the rest of the band. We all tried it. I don't think any of us were really too good at it. But this saxophone player next to me, 
He could improvise, and it was fabulous. There were times when we would have been recording. If we would have recorded, we'd have had a hit for sure. This guy could play songs right off the top of his head that were beautiful, fabulous. So one day I asked him, I said, how do you play like that right off the top of your head? He said, oh, no, no, no. It's not off the top of my head. You got to play your triads, man. <laughs> he said, you got to practice your triads. Now, a triad is three notes that make up a chord. And you play a triad, la, 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 la. And then you move up, la, 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 la. You practice those. And there's 12 major triads. And you can change them to minor. And you can do minor sevenths and major sixths and on and on. There's almost endless series of notes that go together. So before we played, this sax player was over in the corner by himself practicing his triads over and over and over and over again until he memorized hundreds of them, hundreds of them. It was very disciplined. It was organized, well-rehearsed type of playing. It was anything but off the top of his head. Hours and hours spent memorizing and rehearsing until it was a second nature to him. Now, James Brown probably taught that fella to play that way. It was James Brown that said something that became a famous quote in the music world. Somebody asked James Brown, tell us, Mr. Brown, how do you play music the way you do? And he gave this famous answer. It's 5% inspiration and 95% perspiration. <laughs> Or in other words, it's not just ideas off the top of your head. It's hard work, discipline, a lot of rehearsal. That's how it happens. 5% inspiration, 95% perspiration. Our text today is about perspiration, about hard work and discipline. So let's pick up right where we left off. We're in Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to start reading at verse 8, right where we left off. Finally, brother. Now stop right there. He said, finally, brother. If you look back to chapter 3, you find the same words beginning of chapter 3. Finally, my brethren, he says. Now remember now, Paul's writing a letter to his dear friends at Philippi. It's not like writing a book. It's a letter. He's been thinking about them, wants to reach out and encourage them and instruct them. And after some good instruction, he says in chapter 3, okay, now let me wrap it up. He says, finally, in chapter 3, don't let your religion be on the outside. It's got to be down in your heart. He said, I used to be like that. I used to have all rules and regulations, but now I'm in it with all my heart. I'm stretching out to reach a goal. I've got a high calling to live for Jesus. I hope to win the prize. So will you please, he writes, do the same. Will you reach out for the goal? Like the high life, live it. Not selfish and narrow, but live for God and use your life every day, your life energies for God. Now last week, he, we told, he told us, here's some good advice. 
Start to enjoy God. Control yourself and stop worrying. Pray and God will give you peace. Now as Paul is writing this letter, he stops finally and he thinks, okay, live for Jesus, give it all you got, couple of things that will help you, and then I got one more piece of advice, one more instruction, one more bit of information. This is really going to help you, and this will put you over the top. Finally, here it is, brethren, in verse 8, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me and do, the God of peace shall be with you. My mother had verses from the Bible hanging around the house on her walls. By the front door she had one that said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a good thing to see every time you come in the door. And she had this verse, verse 8, on the living room wall. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest and just and pure, whatsoever things are lovely and in good report, think on these things. I've read it so often, I know it by heart. So first, we ask the question, what does it mean? What is Paul telling us to do? In short, this is Paul's advice. I want you to control what you think about. I want you to discipline your mind and control what you're thinking about. Well, my friends, if that's Paul's advice, we got a problem, don't we? <laughs> There are people who have never even once in their lives control what they think about. They hear a loud voice and they think about what the voice said. They see something shiny and they think about that. They smell dinner cooking, so they think about that. Their mind is completely dominated by their surroundings. It's a TV mentality. We'll give you five minutes of a program, follow it with 13 commercials, so your mind never focuses on anything for longer than five minutes. So what Paul is saying is revolutionary to some people, and it would seem to be impossible. There are too many distractions in life. When I get up in the morning, I'm thinking about what i got to do that day. At work, I have to concentrate on my computer or on my project or on my paperwork. At home, I raise my family, have to help them in all life situations. When do you think I'm going to shut all that off, Paul? And think about what you tell us to think about. That's true. I agree with you. Life is full of things to do and places to go. And spare time is rare. How am I going to discipline myself to think about these things? Now, before you shrug your shoulders and walk away, wait a minute. Paul thinks this is one final thing to help you live for God, to help you get it all together. So let's examine it a little more closely 
and see exactly what it is we're supposed to do. It's a list of things we are to focus on, so let's go through it, and maybe we can understand it better. First, whatever things are true. I think in these instructions, you can always turn them around the opposite way. And so when he says, think about things that are true, you can also say, don't think about things that aren't true. In this world we live in, we're flooded with false information. A constant things to be afraid of. As people push that. You know what's coming. You've seen it now on the TVs. There's a snowstorm coming. Oh, no, it's a crisis. There could be six inches. Close the schools. Call Eric. Eric, are you going to close church? Listen, I lived through the blizzard of 77 when the snow was on the top of the telephone poles. I'm not going to live in fear every time someone on the 6 o'clock news says crisis and frenzy. I'm going to shut out of my mind things that aren't true. I want to think about things that are true. I want to stay in touch with reality. And the ultimate reality is God himself. What is true about God? It's true that he loved me. It's true that he died for me. He knows what I need before he asks. I know that's true. He wants what's best for me. I know that's true. I also want to know the truth about this fact. What does God want me to do? Shut out of your mind things that are false and things that are lies and half truth. And begin to focus on truth. You'll do much better in your life. Secondly, he says, whatsoever things are honest. Now, in Old English, which this Bible is written with, an honest person was called honorable and noble. And so some things in life are honorable. If you focus your life on doing things that are honorable, Help other people. Give generously. Comfort the sad and the lonely. Give your time to others and stand up for the oppressed. All these things will build up a person's reputation. Think about what you can do for others that will build your own reputation. It will help you to serve God in a better way. Whatsoever things are honest. Think on these things. Thirdly, whatsoever things are just. Justice. Doing what's right. Doing your duty. As a parent, you have a duty, a responsibility to your children. They desperately need, in this crazy world, an example of someone who loves God without compromise. That's your responsibility and duty. As a child, you have a duty to your parents. As a husband or a wife, you have a duty to your spouse. As a Christian, you have a duty to your church. As an American, you have a duty to your country. Think about doing justice and do your duty. That's a good thing to think about. Fourth on the list, whatsoever things are pure. When things come into your mind that aren't pure, 
When sinful thoughts come into your mind and you know what I'm talking about. Slam the door shut and don't allow it to come in and visit. Out with your evil thoughts. I will not allow you to stay. If it would embarrass you to say it out loud, then don't think about it. Whatsoever things are pure, think about it. Fifth on the list, whatsoever things are lovely. Boy, I'm glad he said that. I'm glad that made his list. God has surrounded us with lovely things. Flowers and trees, birds and animals, rivers and streams, mountains and valleys, stars and the moon. Sunrises and sunsets, snow and ice and grass and woods, God's wonderful creation. These things come from God. It goes on, the list goes on. Music and singing, poetry and laughing, church and people. And the psalmist gave us the best thing. He said, how lovely is thy dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. You got plenty to think about. Look at our look around you. Beautiful out here. There's geese over there flying overhead. <laughs> when we came out here first, they were coming in from the south. Now they're going back there. <laughs> we're still here. That's okay. How lovely is thy dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. The place where God is is beautiful. As the old song that we sing says, This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears all nature sings, and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my Father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, skies and seas, His hand, the wonders wrought. All God's lovely things. What pleasant things there are to think about. And last on the list, he says, whatsoever things are of good report, find the good in people. Find the positive in people. Don't focus on the negative. Some people always see the dark side of everything until every thought that they have begins with a criticism of some kind. Every word is tearing something down. Control your thoughts. Find the good. Search for the positive. Encourage. Build up. Think about things, he says, that are of good report. So there's a list of good things to think about. He says, ask yourself, is there any virtue in what I'm thinking about? Is it good? Is it kind? Is it generous? Is it gentle and loving and true? Yes? And open the door and let those thoughts come into your mind. And ask yourself this, is there any praise in what I think? Am I thankful to God? Does it honor God? Am I grateful to God for all that he's done for me? Am I counting my blessings? Does it help me admire God? Does it make me love Jesus? Good, if it does, then think about it. So we know what, control your thoughts. We know what to think about, truth and duty and honor and purity, and beauty 
and positive things. So how, how do we do it? I'm going to tell you, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I know it's hard to do. I drive to work every day for about 45 or 50 minutes. I use that time to think about my sermon. I go over them, over them in my head, and I concentrate as I drive, remembering the passages, going through in my head what I should say on a Sunday morning. And I'm doing real good, and suddenly a deer runs across the road. That's a real distraction. <laughs> and suddenly I'm thinking about the 24 other ones I already hit. And the one that flew through the air when I hit it. And the one on this row, and the one on that corner, and the one that came out of that field. It's so easy to be distracted. I know it. I understand that. But I got to grab myself by the neck and say, focus. Philippians 4. Think about it. You know what Paul said? He talked about the same problem. Here's what he said. I bring every thought into captivity. Paul said, I don't allow random thoughts in my mind. I control my mind. Well, that's pretty good. My friends, like that sax player practicing his triads, he disciplined his mind and he disciplined his fingers to play. And he was fabulous. So you and I have a way to be fabulous at this Christian life. Focus. Control your thoughts. Lock out the bad thing. Practice and rehearse the good thing. You say, I don't know, Eric. I just don't know. It's not how my mind works. 5% inspiration and 95% perspiration. That's what gets it done. So I'm going to give you a bit of advice today, right now. I'm going to ask you to let me simplify this for you. Take some time to read your Bible or a good devotional. Read the Daily Bread. We got them up at church. You can help yourself. Even if it's five or ten minutes. Somewhere in the day, read and then pray and talk to God. Best advice I ever heard from anybody was read your Bible and pray it in. Read your Bible and pray it in. But here's a clue to it to help make it easier for you. Find something that is true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of good report, find one thing that will cover it all. And here's the key to it. 
just think about Jesus. He's truth. He said, I am the truth. He is honorable. He said his life was marked that he went around doing good. He is just. He said, I always do the things that please my Father. He is pure. The Bible says he knew no sin. He is lovely. The Bible describes him, thou art fairer than the children of men, fairest of ten thousand. He is of good report. He's full of joy and peace and patience. Open your Bible and read the words printed in red and think about Jesus, and you'll be doing then what Paul tells us to do. All those things wrapped up in one delightful person, Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 9 says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. God of peace shall be with you. The things I taught you, do them. The things I gave you, take them. Things you heard me say, listen to them. Things you've seen me do, do it. Follow my example. But friends, I'll bet you missed the icing on the cake here. There's a key here to the whole thing. You have to read carefully to get it. You are apt to read right over it. Verse 9 ends with this, And the God of peace shall be with you. Now last week we read Paul's advice. He said, Stop worrying and start praying, and the peace of God will fill your mind. But now let's go one step higher. Shall we go another step higher than that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Control your thoughts and focus your mind on Jesus. And it doesn't say the peace of God here. It's switched around. It says the God of peace will be with you. Stop worrying and pray and God will give you peace in your heart. But let's go a step higher. Focus your mind on Jesus and control your thoughts. And God will come right to you and he'll be with you. My friends, control, controlling your thoughts will get you right into the presence of God. That's what will put you there. And how delightful you'll find it to be when God himself draws right next to you and he comes close to you. That's why it's worth the effort. It makes God come close to you. My friends, let me tell you what happens when God comes close to you. When you can feel his presence right there with you. When you're thinking about him and when you're enjoying who he is and when you're full of the thoughts of God. He comes to you, my friends, and you can feel his presence right near. That, my friends, is the most addicting thing there is. It's the most delightful thing you can ever experience. It'll be worth it, my friends. If you do what Paul says, think on these things. Think about Jesus. May God bless you and come near you as you focus your mind on him.
Let's bow our heads for a little prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you help us to focus, turn our minds toward you. We believe in your goodness. And we stand here as examples of how much help God can be. And so we want you near us. We want you close to us. We want you speaking in our hearts. We want to feel your presence in our lives. We ask for it today. Help us to think about you and take time throughout every day and through the night hours and the times when we lay awake in our beds to think about Jesus, find in him the strength that we need for every day. We throw ourselves on your mercy, thanking you, helping us, Lord, to know you better. Bless us as we do these things, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's finish up with a song on the front of your bulletins. Stand together with us if you would. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life. in this place and with these people. Go from this place with them, Lord. Watch over them, protect them. 
And Lord, we ask that throughout this week, especially, our hearts would be turned towards the things that are pure and lovely, and of good report, Lord, true and virtuous, Lord. We just pray that our hearts would be filled with those things, and we ask, Lord, that that you would guide us in those things and help our thoughts to be right, help us to have focus and to have discipline in those ways and to stand up and do what is right, Lord, we pray. And we know we are pulled aside and distracted many times. Give us the strength to stand against those things. Help us and be with us, Lord, and be with our country especially. Help us to do what you would ask us to do and be with us, we pray. Guide us. We know that you are in control. We pray for all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for.